Hello, darlings, and welcome back to another episode of the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Uh, it's me, Alec Mappa. I'm an actor and comedian. I live in Hollywood, and I'm here by myself today because my granddaughter, Priyanka, is out on the road. Bitch, she's busy. Bitch, I'm Busy also happens to be the title of a track on her new EP, which is now charting on iTunes. Congratulations to Priyanka. Her EP is called Taste Test. It's charting. Uh, we'll see her again soon, but I'm so excited because we have the latest sadly eliminated queen from RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, all we have Scarlet Envy, and I can't wait to talk to her, so stick around. It's gonna happen. It's happening. I'm so excited. Scarlett, welcome to the fine program. Thank you so much, Alec. Thank you for having me today. Well, listen, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm a super fan, which is why I'm here, which is why I host this program. I love RuPaul, but for the very first time, I disagreed with RuPaul's assessment. I did not like the judgment that was passed on you. I thought that you listened. I thought that you were genuine in speaking about your mothers at the Pink Table Talk. Um, I'm a parent. I'm a queer parent. Uh, my son is 16 years old. I've been with my husband for 19 years. So I saw you being completely authentic. Well, thank you for saying that. You know, and I, I have heard this a lot. Um, after these episodes air, you know, we get a little bit overwhelmed with response whether it be good or bad right it's just the world lights up after an episode of drag race it has for a long time it's why it's the powerhouse show that it is right everybody has a strong opinion yes yes the the fandom for drag drag race is extremely enthusiastic in good ways and bad and now now speaking to that what was the response to you after this episode it's been overwhelmingly positive it has been i i honestly I haven't gotten a whole lot of negative, really. I I think that people generally feel the way that you just said that you do, um, mm-hmm. and that that makes it a, a makes it a softer blow. It makes it easier, uh, I guess. Um, you know, my dreams were crushed on national TV, and we will <laughs> we will we will get to that, Alec. We will get to that, but. All right, having your dreams crushed on national television. It was a sad departure for um, for me as a viewer because I feel like your skills as a queen are really, you brought look after look after look. That was absolutely wonderful. Specifically in this episode, you had that, um, that dress um, that was made out of letters that your grandfather wrote. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful. It was almost kind of like a 1930s dress. It kind of reminded me of the silhouettes that Zach Posen was making sure, a yeah. while back where he did the 30s flounce on the shoulder. Now, you have a design background, do you not? I do. I do. I can't take credit for the silhouette. That that was made by my really good friend Alex Dymack here in the city who uh, opened his own company, House of Fluff, and designs the most amazing things. He's worked for the show before. He's done... We've seen his work mm-hmm. on the main stage before, but he's just so so talented. Uh, with with who? Uh, he did uh, the the first that comes to mind is like Nikki Doll's Cinderella dress. Um, he mm-hmm. he did also my blue jean baby look this this season, and he's designed for a lot of other oh, that was very too. cool. But yeah, mm-hmm. he you know put together this 
incredible. I came to him with the concept, you know, these are these letters. I want to use them somewhere in my package. And yeah, uh, clearly this was a collaboration. I mean, he didn't say, hey, give me your grandfather's letters. That would make a good dress. Right. No. And that's how I work with every designer that I work with. You know, I'm very (laughs) hands on. I'm very controlling in that way. I'm very picky Mm -hmm. with like what I'm going to wear and how I'm going to show myself and what my package is going to be. So that being said, I also gave him a lot of creative direction as well and a lot of creative freedom. We went and shopped for patterns together and we found you know these cool beautiful like laces and these polka dots and the stripes and the ginghams and the and the and the sequins and just he just put it together in this incredible way that i cannot take credit for but i did make that fabric i had that fabric made uh years ago and i've just been sitting on it and i just you know this was the proper time to use it i'm so happy you know it might not have come across um, I guess to the opinions that were most important in that room on that day, but it came across to I think most of the viewership, and that's what I'm grateful for. And I respect, by the way, I want to say that I respect what happened that day. You know, I want to respect all right Ginger's choice. I don't agree with it, but I can still respect it. You know, I of course don't agree with what with my critiques that day either. Um, but I can respect those too. What I can't respect is people saying that I lied about my critiques because I definitely disagree with that. I don't think that that was ever, I don't even, I don't quite understand where that came from, but I, I stand by the fact that I did not get the worst critiques on that dress, uh, or on that performance for that matter. The critique for me was puzzling and, and it begs the question, just exactly what do you have to do to make a black drag queen uncomfortable? <laughs> I, mean, I thought there was a higher bar set for drag queens that it's it's a I, I you know it's just it was just it was just puzzling to me what i really want to praise you for is all of your drag seems very well thought out you know there's there's a there's a for me i i was looking right before uh the podcast started at a youtube of all of your looks from um, somebody on YouTube put together a YouTube video of all your looks from season six. Mm-hmm. And there's like a, a – I love the the proportions of your hair. You kind of seem to uh, span uh, 50s through 70s glamour. Would that be accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I have to say I yeah. really – honestly, if I'm picking decades, I, I think I live somewhere in the 40s meets the mm-hmm. 90s. Mm. It's really where I find like I a lot because you know a lot of my inspiration comes from like the supermodels of the eighties and the nineties, um, you know, yes. Linda Evangelista, Brooke Shields, Naomi Campbell, uh, all the big the, the heavy hitters of the supermodel age, uh, and of course that's the eighties and the nineties. But then I also have this like kind of old Hollywood vibe that I can't shake even if I wanted to, you know? Yeah, the big, big hair, the big valley of the doll's hair. It's almost like um, Jane Fonda in Barbarella, how the hair goes really high. Yeah. And you have that 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 smoky, come and fuck me eyelash that it's yes. just kind of, and the arched eyebrow, I absolutely love. And you, you bring the smolder. Well, it's very, who we, who is she? How'd she? How'd you come up with her? Did she just like? Did you just beat your face one day and 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 say Candyman three times in the mirror and <laughs> Scarlet Envy appeared? Um, honestly, kind of. Yeah, I. You know, I was in college. I I moved to to New York for school, and I wasn't allowed from Kentucky. From Kentucky, which kind of that explains mm. a lot of the big hair that you're 
commenting mm-hmm. on. It's like a very southern thing, right? You know, higher the hair, the closer mm-hmm. to Jesus. I need all the love I can get. Because you do kind of embody her the minute you you step onto the runway. Yeah, it's definitely a big part of me. You know who she is and uh, my relationship with her. Uh, it, it teeters somewhere between you know uh, she is me, but she's also my boss. You know, and I, I get a little nervous mm-hmm. about how she's going to feel about certain things. And I don't know. I just. I honestly started drag because I wasn't allowed into the gay bars. I wasn't of age, and so if I put that on, then no one ever asked me for an ID, and no one ever charged me for a drink, and in fact, they even made the mistake of giving me a microphone. So I did that, too, in New York City, because when I first came there, the drinking age was 18, mm-hmm. and then the following year, they changed it to 21. And so all of the places that I had gotten into the year before, I couldn't get into, so I would get dolled up and drag, and nobody cards you. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that was my experience. And this was probably right around maybe like season three of, of Drag Race. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't like super explosive just yet. I still had like... It was kind of becoming this phenomenon. There wasn't very many drag queens in New York, to be honest. You know, we had Bianca Del Rio, um, you know, Misty Meaner. um, uh, We just, it wasn't what drag is today. Right, right. I think that's maybe why I was allowed to kind of slip in. Like, I think today it would not work the same. You, You know, if you're in drag, I think they would still make sure that you're allowed to be there legally but that wasn't the that wasn't the case at the time so that's how that i started the case. you know and it, and it kind of grew, grew from there i um i learned about you first from instagram i think i was looking at pictures of you on instagram and when they announced your casting and i was like okay she's on now speaking of casting mm-hmm. uh uh you hear that uh you got the call for all stars what was that like? Walk us through that experience of like, hello, Hollywood calling, world of wonder. Yeah, so, you know, it's validating, right? When they call you back and they mm-hmm. say, you're an all-star. Uh, it was actually offered to me, you know, as something, you know, do you think you're ready for this? Do you think this is something that you want to begin with? Mm-hmm. Which is not exactly the, the, the way it goes the first time. You know, the first time around, of course, this is what you want. You know, this is so exciting. And, right. and then for the for the second call, you know, you deal with what you what your first experience is, and you do have to think about it. You know, is this is this what I want? You know, am I ready for this? Am I ready to show this? Have I elevated? Am I, is my drag worthy of going back on there again? Have I changed enough? Like, you know, what do I have to say to the world? What do I have to show to the world? Have I worked on what right. I should work on? And what was that answer? Absolutely. It was a yes. It was. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't find any reasons to say no. And I absolutely was so so excited. And I was honestly honored, you know, to 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 be. It's validating to get that call. And I said, yeah, yes, sir. Like, let's do this. You know, I, I'm ready. Okay, so there is obviously like between your season and All Stars, there's a. I, I guess there's an unspoken agreement I, I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for idea that you are gonna elevate right you are gonna step absolutely your, no you have from to. your season you have to yeah so what was your intention this time what did you what what deliberate um, conscious choices did you make in terms of your uh, your aesthetic well I didn't change anything about my aesthetic because I think that was fine mm-hmm. the first time around you know I've always loved my right. references I didn't pull any new references I didn't really change like mm-hmm. my energy so much. 
I think maybe what I did, it was more of a physical thing that I had to focus on was my runways. I wanted to elevate my runways. I really wanted to work on my mm. choreography and my dancing, you know, and my, my physical movement on stage. Right. And my makeup was the third. So these are three very physical, tactile things. Like, you know, it wasn't so much in my head as much as it was how I was physically presenting. So how does that, how do you operate in that way? Do you like go to a finishing school? Are you practicing <laughs> your walks? Do you have a, no. do you have a pageant coach? Well, I had a World of Wonder uh, spinoff series called Envy of My Boogie where they taught me how to dance, which was so Wonderful. much fun. And we got to like, explore different styles of dance and Actually, Yara Sophia was one of my coaches on that show. She taught me how to salsa. <laughs> and I, you know, I learned how to pole dance. And, you know, we just, nice. we, we just learned a lot of fun, cool, different styles of dance. I got comfortable with my body. And honestly, Alec, it was very much a problem with me, uh, my flexibility in terms of, like, my, my movement, my dance. I just wasn't really stretching. I wasn't really, like, leaning into flexibility. So I started doing yoga and, like, I don't know. Really? I, I just, I kind of like got, you know, more comfortable in my body and I, you know, figured out a, a rhythm that works for me. Do you, do you have a dance background? Are you absolutely a not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Listen, no. kimchi could barely walk and she made it into the top three. Yeah. So it, yeah. it doesn't seem to be an aesthetic that really holds people back. But I imagine that kind of like taking yourself out onto the runway and presenting yourself with confidence is a huge part of the competition. It certainly is. And also looking good on the runway is. And I, I don't think that I looked necessarily bad in my original season, no. my OG season, but I did start wearing a lot more makeup. You know, I, I kind of understood a lot of color correcting and sculpting and contouring and things like that I didn't quite maybe do all the way properly the first time. Yeah, and you don't have the perspective when you do it for the first time because you don't see what the camera's seeing. And, right. and then a year later when your season premieres, you see how your looks photograph and how your face photographs and there's a lot of, oh. Yeah. Like I'm always brought back to like Shangela's first season on Drag Race. She comes into the workroom, she's hardly wearing any makeup. <laughs> yeah, and that's just what it is, you know? You have to find out and that's, you know, I, and I've said this in interviews before, but it's like, it was a lot of self-discovery that season was. Uh, and the hard part is doing that in front of the entire world, you know? Yeah. It's a lot of pressure yeah. to learn lessons like that. And I'm very open, by the way, to learning lessons. I'm very open to saying when I'm wrong and when I when I could have done better or what I could have done instead. I, I'm, I'm not stubborn about, you know, I did nothing wrong. I have nothing to change about myself. Right. You know, I'm very open to that. Um, it's just, it's hard to do that, you know, in front of a global audience like that. Yeah, well, unfortunately, that's the price of admission. These things aren't done in a vacuum. No, they're There's not. There's a camera running, and people want to see. I mean, that's the drama of the season. I've, right. I've told Priyanka that year after year, I kind of start off each season with my arms crossed going, I liked everybody from last year, I'm not going to get attached, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I love everybody again. <laughs> yeah. And you were certainly one of those people for me. Now, let's start getting into episode five. Now, in episode five, we're coming off the elimination of Yara. And now talking about expressing things in a public way. Jan won the lip sync. And we find out that if Jan had won the lip sync, Akiria would have gone. Now, there was a, a bit of tension in the room because Jan was like, um, I thought everybody was going to vote this way. And everybody <laughs> voted the opposite. Yeah. Um, did you think she would have owned it? She should have owned it? I do. I think she should have owned it. And I told her that, you know, I was sitting right next to her when mm -hmm. all that happened. And I said, you know, you can right. do whatever the fuck you want. 
because and I do believe yeah. that. I really do. You did say that. You did mm. say that. I do believe that. And of course mm-hmm. later in the episode we do see me, you know, um it's harder when, you know, when things are turned around and when you're in a different position. Uh, but I stand by the fact that you can do whatever the fuck you want and you should do that and you should do that whether you're in the world. Nobody's room. ever said that on the show that, you know, um, I'm going to vote the way I'm going to vote and I don't want to explain it to anybody. <laughs> well, and I do I do think that uh, maybe there's a reason that no one's ever done that. I, I think that you should be able to explain it. I don't think that you necessarily have to, right. but I do think that you should be able to explain it. Uh, I just think that I think that no one ever really wants to have to explain themselves coming from a different perspective, especially when it is, you know, the entire group who voted one way. You know, I think that it's just kind of, it would have been easier if she had just picked the same lipstick that everyone else did. Um, I mean, I, I felt for her in that moment because, you know, for me, I have a very different attitude and outlook from Jan where I think she cares a lot more about like how the group sees her, how the viewers see her and it stresses yeah. her and it stresses her out, you know? Um, and that's just who she is and that's fine. You know, I, I, maybe I'm just less of a people pleaser. I don't know. Either well, way. It's a thing of like, you're in the competition, but at the same time, you're kind of like, you're not only in the competition, but you're also establishing relationships with the other queens who have the power to vote you in or out. Right? And that's a great so point. it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. You're walking that fine line between I'm, a, I'm in a competition, but I still have to make these bitches kind of want to keep me on the show. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, like, my strategy in that is to just be real, you know, and to just mm-hmm. be genuine. Um and, you know, I don't know. It, it comes across a little bit calculated, a little bit maybe ingenuine sometimes if you're just focusing on how everyone is seeing you and you're not actually having a, an opinion that, like, comes from here, you know, right. comes from, from inside. Right. I don't know. I but, always think that season after season they ask that question, um, who should go home tonight, and nobody ever gets it right. If somebody should just say, she should go home tonight because she's my biggest competition. She's the big. She's the most talented person here, and she's the one standing between me and the crown. Now, if you said that, it's like a compliment to somebody. You know, yeah. it's not shady. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't hold your breath. I think that for person any of the should be killed. Say that though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think any of the girls will be saying that anytime soon. I don't know. I think that there's some egos that come into play as well. You know, you don't uh, want... uh, egos with drag queens. What are you talking about? <laughs> now, I hit. Ahead of the maxi challenge, you all got to pick teams. Now, um, how did you end up deciding for you uh, that you would be on the team that you were discussing motherhood? So, uh, Raja and Kylie are two of my very closest friends in the competition. Love both um, of them. I yeah. love them too. And Raja and I specifically were very close this season. So, actually, Raja and I immediately got together, and then uh, we, uh, you know, took on Kylie as well because I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylie and I had worked together on a challenge before, so, um, mm-hmm. you know, I knew that we could work well. We had actually gotten, it didn't air, but one of our critiques on the main stage was that we had great chem- chemistry together in the, um, uh, in the infomercial challenge. Uh, that right. We, that they liked kind of the, the exercise queen thing that we had going on, that we worked well together. So I was very confident, uh, and it's, I thought it was going to be a really good moment for me and Raja to, you know, sit across from each other and really have a heart to heart because we have overcome so much and, you know, we're so close now. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we also came from very different experiences uh, on the topic mm-hmm. of mothers and motherhood. Yes, you were you were talking specifically about your positive relationship with your mother, and Raja had talked about how his relationship with his mother is complicated. And right. for that reason, I felt like what was happening between the two of you was very authentic. You had a lovely moment where um, Raja talked about the difficulties of, of his relationship with his mother, and you had a genuine look of concern where you said, I'm sorry, I, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm, I'm so sorry mm-hmm. you had that experience. And I thought you came across as very authentic, which is why, again, I didn't agree with the critiques at the very end. I thought it was kind of harsh. Um, you had one little moment right before uh, where you went, uh, you were kind of almost giving uh, sonique notes about you felt her energy was a little low. Um, was that really how you felt at the it time? Is. It was. Yeah, it was how I felt. Yeah. Um, I definitely was not. I mean, especially as a teammate, I do. Maybe I look back on that and I, I can admit that maybe that wasn't the right time to to say something. You know, you never want mm. to. You always want to make sure that, especially as a team, that everyone feels totally supported. Um, and so yes. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about that. You know, in the moment, I was. I really was trying to do it for the betterment of our team. Uh, if I wanted to be the moderator, I would have, you know, taken the role. I would have said, yeah, "Listen, listen, yeah. sis, love you so much. You're going to be so yeah, good." Yeah, great at job. Couple things. Else. Like, um, you're terrible at this, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really would have stepped up and and done that if I thought yeah. she couldn't handle it. But I knew she could. I knew she could do it, and I think and honestly, she was great. She, she did a great job. Yeah, and she had this motherly yeah. energy that was just so wonderful and warm. Um, yes. And I think she did a great job. So Nick's like a whole different person than she was on her season. I feel like so, uh, Kylie is like, she no longer has the burden of having to hide the fact that she's trans. And she's like a whole other person on this season. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. I mean, she's always yeah. been an icon. That's the thing. It's like she, you know, mm-hmm. has always been iconic to me. And every single time I've been in L.A., we always, you know, end up working together somewhere at some club or something. And, you know, she's always been so kind to me off-camera, too, which is like, you know, we don't like to talk about off-camera because, you know, it is it is what it is. We talk about what we see. But what you don't yes. see with Kylie is someone who is just so kind behind the scenes. And um, right. I had I had a friendship with her before we walked into the workroom. So it was... I don't know. I was just, I was really happy that she did well. I mean, I, I don't think she deserved to be in the bottom with us. Um, yes. Just just on that one comment that she made to Raja about not letting um, the broken child in us make the decisions for uh, adult versions of us. Wonderful. I think sticks with me still to this day. I remember her saying it in real time and I just think that even that comment alone should have saved her from from what yeah. happened to us. Yeah. But I think that Absolutely. it was a, it was bigger than that, you know. Yeah, cuz my broken child has made so many adult decisions for me and it's uh it's gone wrong in any yeah. number of ways. It usually starts off with I want you to be my daddy. So um we have uh, a commercial break coming up. <laughs> But uh, Scarlet Envy, right before we go to this commercial break, I have one question for you. Um, is there anything you would have done differently in the Pink Table Talk, in hindsight? Well, I guess in hindsight, maybe I would have given Ginger the topic of motherhood if, if she really wanted it so badly. Um, 
you know, I think I could have I could have done pretty well with another topic. I um, I'm happy I got to tell the story about my mom's, but it does seem like maybe um, I just wish that you know sharing their experience and my love for my mom's wasn't going to be forever tied with what ended up happening. You know, <laughs> with your elimination. But the good news is. That segment, the way it was produced, and the pictures of your mom were absolutely wonderful and human and authentic. And for all of the same-sex parents out there, it was it was an absolute win. And I can say that because I am a same-sex parent. We have a commercial break. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this commercial break with Scarlet Envy. And we're back. The runway was Clash of the Patterns. Um, let's let's talk about these looks. Let let's break it down. Um, Trinity K. Bonet, Wakanda Forever. She came out in a kind of like a bleached uh, Afro situation, and uh, and this kind of Afro modern take on her dress. Uh, what what's your opinion on it? I love the look. Um, I really do. I think it's really chic. I also mm-hmm. think it was very powerful. Um, yeah, yes. I think I, I also liked that color on her. It was kind of like a teal almost. Um, yeah, I, I mean, our category was patterns um, initially. So yes. I don't know how much I can say about that but um, was it clash of the patterns when you were when you were when you were given the topic no it wasn't oh it wasn't no so I feel like she I have seen some things where they they, they, they read her for not having multiple patterns you know correct but that's not what was presented to us so I, I don't think it's fair to judge hmm. her on it not sounds like a, a little clashing. bit of a switcheroo yeah <laughs> well um, but yeah, I think she looked beautiful, and I think her pattern was was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Now we get to Eureka. What were your opinions on this beautiful pattern dress? I loved this look. I think mm-hmm. it was so cool. You know, I'm a sucker for a gown. I love a Me gown. Uh, I love a big dress, and this is my favorite silhouette of all time on almost anyone. Yeah, you do a lot of mermaid dresses. Very flattering. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite silhouette, and I had to be aware of that. I, you know, on the season, I didn't want to do all mermaid silhouettes, but uh, I think she looks so gorgeous. I think she looks expensive. I think she looks demure. I think it looks like an elevated version of Eureka, and I honestly think that she was robbed of the win this week. Yeah, it was it was a really beautiful dress, and and just kind of like all geometrically how it worked. She always has these patterns that make you... Well, she's the Meryl Streep for proportionizing, but she has these patterns, <laughs> the way that it's put together that's always drawing you to the center of her body. And again, she does have that really flattering mermaid silhouette, which, as you say, works on everybody, on every size. When, uh, when my mom... Uh, I grew up in the 70s, and my mom always had a Diane von Furstenberg shirt dress, and they said that was the dress that looked good on everybody, okay, yeah. and it did. It, there was something about that dress, yeah. and and a, I love a mermaid gown. I absolutely love it. Um, okay. Next up, we have Akira C. Davenport, who came dressed as a, kind of a, a drag version of the uh, a dressmaker's uh, mannequin. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so anyone who knows how to sew will mm-hmm. understand her look. I think if you yes. don't sew, it's a little harder to understand. You're like, is she a scarecrow from a gay bar? What is she doing? What is she... Yeah, why does she look like that? It was a lot going on. I will say it was a lot. She had kind of this face teeny, and then she had, like, the up, you know, the the, the measuring tape hair, and she yeah. had like, the corset, and she had the pants, and she had the skirt. I think maybe she could have taken one thing off if I had one critique. Um, yes. You know, I don't know. I don't know that she needed, like, every single element, you know, with, like, with the giant pen cushion. Uh, it was a lot going on, but I actually loved it. I don't I don't know what part of her look I would be willing to sacrifice. So maybe, I don't right. know, maybe don't listen to me. You know what I really like about Akira is that she looks really good in this, like, bright, uh, like, canary yellow. This, like, beautiful, mm. rich yellow. And that's what I love, that measuring tape color, the yellow on her. It, it looked really stunning, and I don't know that she made it, but I know that she makes most of what she wears. I would not right. be surprised to learn that she made every single piece of that costume, and that uh, is a big deal for me, you know? Love it, love it, love it. I totally got it right away, but it kind of looked like a costume to me, kind of like, I'm sewing lady or something, you know, mm-hmm. something <laughs> Some kind of strange superhero. What are you drinking? I'm so jealous. I quit drinking about six weeks ago. What is that? A rosé? It looks <laughs> yeah. absolutely delicious. Yeah, this is a little rosé. I'm rewarding myself. We cut a brand mm. new song for my uh, upcoming EP today, and I'm heading to oh. LA soon to to do a music video. I, I had a very big day, so I and also this is you know this episode is not exactly easy for me to talk about, so uh, I had listen. to. Uh, a little Listen, liquid courage, you know. Yes, we have to do whatever we can to get through the day. I'm white knuckling it as we speak. <laughs> now, coming up next, we have Raja O'Hara in uh, African print. I thought this was absolutely beautiful, head to toe. She had kind of this Erica Badu turban and these prints, Very. these African prints, which were um, on paper, kind of seam clashing, but I thought they went perfectly together. I think they did too. And again, it's hard to judge because, you know, the girls didn't prepare for a clashing pattern, really. No. You know, yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know how much I can say about that, or how much I should say about that. But that's just not what we prepared for. That's Listen, not what the when, was. when Priyanka hates an outfit, uh, uh, Priyanka, shout out if you're listening. She absolutely clams up. Or I'm like, what do you think? She'll go, and <laughs> and it takes her a long time to go. I don't like it. Let me be very clear. I love this outfit. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I I agree with you. I don't think that the clash, the patterns clash, but that's just kind of like you know, Eureka's patterns clashed really well. And if it wasn't clash of the patterns, I don't yes. know if I would like all that stuff together. If it was just supposed to be pattern, you know, right, right. But we're judging cla- We're judging the clash of the pattern, and I think absolutely the looked fucking gorgeous. I don't care what Raja's wearing. That's the yeah. thing. I don't care what Raja's wearing. She can wear literally fucking anything. And yeah. I will just watch her walk that runway. And I would, I just, I'll, I'm going to live. Because she's the way that she walks, talented. So her attitude, her, her, her she's, she's a supermodel. You know, Agreed. she's beautiful. She's tall. She, she has that walk. It's perfect. Speaking of supermodels, up next we have Kylie. Kylie Sonique and I love this kind of bird fish cheetah outfit that she had <laughs> top not bird fish cheetah Alec yeah, not bird yeah. fish cheetah yeah I, I love it, it too terrific. I think it's beautiful I think it's beautiful I like the way that it kind of bounced when she walked she had these, mm-hmm. like it was almost like it was like these little like 
uh, like bat wings. Yes. Like little like like bats, like little tiny little like skeletal wings that were like kind of just bouncing up and down. Yes. Uh, and I think that the pink cat was this like striking like juxtaposition of color. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it met the assignment. I think that the, it was just enough clashing pattern. And also, she was wearing Giuseppe uh, Giuseppe. Zanotti shoes nice. and those are very expensive gorgeous shoes I'm a shoe girl I'm a sucker for a shoe so yeah yeah Rue even mentioned the shoe during the critique she did yeah and with yeah. good reason yeah you're a shoe girl she likes the shoes I love you're, a shoe you're an honorary Filipino just like me um <laughs> uh, next up we have Jan I didn't really understand this look I didn't I was like okay it's it's a dress it's rouged uh, 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 on the shoulder, and and then she has this kind of weird legging with a stocking that goes into an open toe um, kind of pump. I, I didn't really I didn't really understand it. And when when Jan's on the program, I'll have her explain it to me. I, I and, and the shopping bags. I was like, okay, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, I didn't really quite get it either. I don't think that it fit the. Uh, I don't think it measured up to the assignment. It's a it's a shame because it was actually this look was designed by one of my very best friends in the entire world, Casey Caldwell. He did a lot of stuff for me too, and he mm-hmm. he's designed for the show for years. He's so so incredibly talented. Um, I think that with Jan, honestly, it was a styling issue. I think that it was the wrong shoe. She didn't wear, which I guess there was, there was something that was supposed to, I guess, initially go under it. I don't know. Hmm. It's a lot of like, um, oops, you know, this didn't work out at the last minute. I think with this look. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I it just I think it, it comes down to a styling issue. I think it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the moment. Okay, I have a question for you. You're, yeah. you're on the show, um, and you know all these designers. Like you said, you know the designers who designed the dress. Do you, like, call people up and go, hey, guess what happened to me? I'm cast on the show. Can we work together? Is that how it works? It's funny because the first time I didn't ask for help from anyone. I was very paranoid that I got the call. Mm. I didn't want anyone to find out. I didn't want them to pull me at the last minute. I don't know. I had all these fears that like, oh no, if everyone finds out, like, you know, maybe I won't be on the show anymore. So I didn't ask for any help. I didn't pull any resources. The second time around, I did not make the same mistake. I pulled every resource <laughs> I could find. I said, everybody knows, girl. Everybody knows. Don't say anything, but everybody knows. You know, yeah. I need a wig from you. I need a shoe from you. I need you to help style me. I wanted a team that was better at what they do than I am. Wow. And I, and I got that. And, and I'm surrounded with the most incredibly talented people. I want to shout out Casey again one more time for being very good at what he does. That sounds, that sounds like the smart thing to do, to kind of have a team in place. I mean, it's... it's. I did. I also, I made a lot of things myself. I, yeah. I made my, you know, Kate, my, my whole Katy Perry moment with the Love Shark, you know, I made... I made that that Katy Perry look um, myself. I I did sew a lot of what I wore, um, but you just you know, honestly, it, it also comes down to timing. You know, once you get that call, yeah. the the, yeah. the the countdown is on, and you don't have time to do. So what know, what is the what is the time it. frame between the time you're cast and the time they start rolling? Twenty four uh, hours. Well, I think. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they said, "Honey, congratulations, your car's outside. You ready?" Yeah. Yeah, and let's and action. Yeah, no, I think for us it was a little different because I think uh, you know we had we're dealing with this pandemic situation that was kind Absolutely. of strange last year, and so I don't know exactly how it normally is, but 
I think it was a little different for us. Two more queens. We have um, <laughs> Ginger Minge as kind of like a butterfly huntress. She has this kind of pith helmet of a hat and kind of like it, it, it's kind of a, a safari outfit uh, camo as if she was trying to blend in to like the weirdest jungle ever. Um, I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, sometimes the critiques on the show is like it seems a little costumey, but I don't I don't mind costumes. Yeah, um, I do mind costumes. I think yeah. that we should we should definitely. I mean, also you know, in the same breath, all drag is valid, right? Mm-hmm. There's all a bunch of different kind of drag, and it's all absolutely valid. It doesn't right. have to necessarily be your personal taste. My personal taste is not exactly. I don't prefer a costume. When does it become a costume? Uh, Where? When is that? You know, when is that a? It's an interesting question. Yeah. It's an interesting question. I don't really quite know. I, I think that. Okay, example, example, like Ben Delacreme coming out um, on her season dressed as a fly. Is that a costume? I think that was fashion. I think that was fashion. Okay, so what would quali- So you're saying Ginger Minge? Do you feel like this one's a costume? I don't feel like this is a costume. Okay. No. So, like, a costume to me is, like, if somebody comes out dressed as a werewolf or something. It's, like... <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Or, like, cosplaying. Or, like, right. um, you know, yeah, I feel like... I think maybe costume and cosplay kind of go hand in hand, you know? That makes sense. That makes sense. And speaking like, of that, we come to... Um, we come to, finally, last but not least, uh, Pandora the Box, who came in um, this, this pattern kind of in an ode to Sally... For um, uh, from Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I hate this. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's terrible. I don't like it. Okay, why? Let's let's talk about why. Because I think it doesn't look expensive, and it looks. Um, I just it doesn't look grand. I mean, I get it. I understand okay. it. This is my thing. Um, her hair I think and her makeup hair looks it, beautiful. Can we talk her about hair her hair? The makeup instead? is the best yeah. she's ever looked. But this looks like to me like when you're in the pattern store, like at Michael's or something on Halloween, and one of the patterns says, make the Sally dress from Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, do you know what I mean? That's what this seems like It to seems me. a little generic. And also, I yeah. just don't like the patterns. I don't think it's flattering for her. Um, I think it just needs to... I mean, this is All-Stars, girl. And also, you're Pandora Box. You're an icon. Like You're an icon. You're an All-Star. I think it could have been elevated. Yeah, it just needed to be elevated. I will say, I mean, let's focus on the hair because the hair was just fucking stunning. The hair was gorgeous. The color on her, that red was so striking. Absolutely. I feel like Pandora, there's a lot of looks that's like, this season is the best she's ever looked. Like even during the table talk, her her blonde wig and everything was, you know, was absolutely, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, Ginger is the um, winner of the week. She uh, comes out. She has to go up against the lip sync assassin, who uh, and it's revealed to be Bianca Del Rio. And <laughs> <laughs> I was gagged, Alec. I was literally yeah, gagged. It seemed Bianca. that way. Like, what is she doing here? Yeah. They, was, does she does she just stay in the parking lot? Like, how did that? Was why is she here? Yeah. And was she ever a lip sync assassin? I didn't know that that was her forte. That was that was <laughs> very that was a very funny gag. The lip sync assassin turns out to be Mayhem Miller who I've seen live any number of times in West Hollywood mm-hmm. and in um, Palm Springs and she's absolutely wonderful. They lip sync to um, uh, uh, where, Where's where My Phone? Where the hell my phone, Miss Where the hell my phone? 
Was that as much fun in person as it was for us to watch at home? Um, not for me because I had a bad feeling about what oh, was right. happen a few minutes later. So yeah. I was really struggling to like enjoy the lip sync. Yeah. Um, it, but all of my bias aside, yes, it was a stunning lip sync. They both did an incredible job. And I think it's one of the best lip syncs that we've had all season. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. No, and there were so much uh, spontaneous things that happened in that lip, lip sync, especially ending with um, Mayhem Miller's shoe in her hand. Hilarious. Yeah, it's just so funny. I mean, I love Mayhem so much. You know, we did a DragCon panel together, and we've worked together so many times. Like you said, Palm Springs and West Hollywood. I am a big Mayhem Miller fan, uh, and I think she held her own against Ginger. I also think it's wild that they were competing for 30 grand. Like, Oh, my God. What lip sync will you ever do ever in your life again for 30000 For 30 grand. You know? They left it on the stage, you know, and as they should. Um, anyone that was competing for $30,000 and the chance to send me home should have definitely left everything on the stage, and they did. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, as far as a redemption goes and a glow up, I think, you know, mission accomplished. Um, uh, I'm, you know, I said I'm a super fan of the show. I loved you just as much on this season as I did on your OG season. I think you come across as genuine. You're, you're cute as a goddamn button. <laughs> did you see that meme that has the, the prince from Beauty and the Beast and your picture right next to each other? I did. I did. So cute. Yes. So you love your fans. Yeah. Are you a single lady? Are you married? What's the story? I'm single. I'm okay, single. you heard it here, folks. For a long time, yeah. I've been I've been married to Scarlett for for a few years now. She takes a lot of my time and my energy. She so. is single. So uh, a next a next meet and greet. Just know that, folks out there listening, Scarlett Envy is um, <laughs> up for a good time. <laughs> now uh, the game inside the game. When are we going to find out about what this game is? I wish I could tell you, Alec. I don't know when we're going to find out, but it is definitely worth waiting for. You know, and I said, I like a surprise. I never want to open my my presents early. You know, I like to sit and think about it. Oh, wow. You know, what's in the box? You know, what, what, you know, I love a surprise and I like to sit in it. I'm I'm the opposite. I want to know. Oh, really? I want to rip the Band-Aid off. I want to look at the monster under the bed. I want to know everything. (laughs) Um, uh, Scarlett, I'm a huge, huge fan of yours. So congratulations on this season. Where can people find you on your social media? So on Instagram, by the way, please follow me on Instagram. Can I just ask that specifically of people? I I would really love for them to follow me on Instagram. Uh, It's at Scarlett Envy. One T, because too much tea is not good for anybody, honey. Mm -hmm. Spill a little bit. Just a tiny bit of tea is all we need to be spilling. Right. Uh, And then, of course, Twitter is Scarlett Envy NYC. Uh, I also have a Patreon where, like, all of my real, actual, juicy content is actually yeah. on Patreon. All the, all the behind the scenes, like, a lot of, like, fittings for all-stars and, you know, uh, just all kinds of stuff that doesn't make it to the main socials Ooh. I put on my Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Scarlet and be official. Uh, wow. That's like, for, like your OnlyFans. There's there's all sorts of nudity. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, there's not a lot of nudity, but it is the closest thing that I will have to an OnlyFans. So, <laughs> subscribe. It's $3 a month. $3 a month. It's uh, it's very doable. 
Yes. And then, yeah, I, I, you know, of course, Facebook and, uh, and, and my best Judy is where you can find any of my merchandise. Uh, I love it. Shop.com. My best Judy. You know what? Follow Scarlet, Inst- uh, uh, Scarlet Envy on Instagram, on all social medias. And remember, uh, the girls go through so much in order to get on the show. They, they've experienced homophobia, racism, transphobia, every single kind of thing you can imagine. So when they're online, just show them love. All right? Be a loving fan. Now, I have a couple of announcements before we wrap out. Drag Race España. If you haven't watched Drag Race España, do yourself a favor. Head over to WOW Presents Plus right now. It is so much fun, and they are nearing the finale. It is so much. Have you watched? The beautiful people, talented queens. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Drag Race Holland Season 2 is around the corner and taking over the world for its premiere on August 6th. The official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast is on every Wednesday on the WOW Podcast Network. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me at Alec Mappa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I also have a mental health podcast every week called Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. And of course, I'm on all platforms. You can see my whole career. You can watch me on Ugly Betty on Hulu. You can watch me on Desperate Housewives on Freeform. I'm everywhere. I'm like horseshit. You can't get rid of me. Um, Scarlet Envy, thank you so much for being on the program. We absolutely love you. Uh, And we love you for tuning in week after week. Tune in next week for all the tea on the next official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. And we'll see you then. Bye-bye. This has been a World of Wonder production. 